I want to take a break from the podcast right now and I want to give you a gift. I don't want to do that to thank you for being a listener. I put my heart and soul into this podcast. I love interviewing today's experts, researchers, MDs, psychologists, sleep trainers, you name it. I just, I hope you feel inspired to take care of yourselves and your families. And I just want to thank you for, for being a listener and hanging out with me. So the code podcast10 is going to give you a one-time $10 off code at kellylevesque.com, your next order of protein powder. You can either use that on my grass-fed beef isolate protein or on my new vegan chocho bean protein. Now, here's what I love about my protein powders. It's three ingredients or less. So we don't use fillers, emulsifiers, no fortified vitamins or minerals. It's easy to digest and naturally made without any enzymes or chemicals like hexane. So it's three ingredients. With my grass-fed beef isolate, that's 100% grass-fed beef, and it's made in the way that you would make bone broth. So just heat and water. And we dehydrate it, that end product to get that collagen-rich protein powder that your whole family can drink. It can be added to coffees, to smoothies, and you can get it in vanilla, chocolate, and unflavored. I wanna point out that my vanilla and chocolate is made with organic vanilla bean, organic cacao, and the only sweetener used is organic monk fruit. We don't use any maltodextrin. Our monk fruit is 100% ground monk fruit, and it's organic. And with my vegan line, I'm so excited to have launched this and to have it out into the world. It's a regenerative bean from South America called the chocho bean. And the chocho bean is the most superior plant-based protein powder you can get your hands on because not only is it a complete protein, but the process is made with heat and water only. They're crushed and soaked, and what that end product results in is an anti-nutrient-free protein powder. So you're not gonna have any lectins, phytates, or oxalates in your protein powder. Makes it super easy to digest, and it's really, really delicious and robust in cooking as well. So I love it if I want a thicker smoothie or a smoothie bowl, and I also love it in my baked goods, from my cookies to my muffins, pancakes and breads. It's the perfect protein addition. So if you wanna give either of these proteins a try or you've already been purchasing these proteins and wanna take advantage of this special deal, the code PODCAST10 is gonna get you $10 off for being a listener here at the Be Well by Kelly podcast. So head to kellylevesque.com or bewellbykelly.com Put the protein you'd like to purchase in your cart and use the code PODCAST10 for $10 off. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is my friend Todd Papilla. He's the founder of TMAC Fitness and the creator of TMAC 20, offering 20-minute no-equipment workouts for everyone from beginners to elite athletes. A former college football player, Todd now creates accessible fitness programs and mindfulness practices, encouraging his community to get their mind right in order to achieve their goals. Todd, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's so great to be back, to see your face, get to chat with you. It's been too long, my friend. I know. We were... It's it's crazy to look at like the last year and a half and, you know, we were in LA together at the same time, hitting the beach, doing some beach workouts, doing some TMAC 20 workouts. And then all of a sudden the world changed and, and we both left LA. It's just so crazy. It's, it's pretty amazing to be in another small beach town now, but yes, it's, it's such a good thing. Cool thing to watch your friends who like, I remember meeting years ago and you were getting the business going and just someone who starts with the right intentions and really want to make a difference in the world. And uh, yeah, you're one of the good ones, Kel. So always in your, in your, in your corner and a big fan. 
Oh, Todd, well, I'm, you know, the, the love goes both ways and that's why you're here today because not only are you a friend, but I think you, you really have changed your life over the years. You were a former football player um, in the South and now you're a, you know, yoga instructor. You have your team act 20 program, your mind, right program. Like, can you talk about your journey and how you left the corporate world and, and came yeah, I mean, a hippie never, in Santa Barbara. <laughs> all my family's like, I'm a hippie out in California. All those hippie folks. Never in a million years did I think I'd be teaching damn yoga and doing meditation. And I mean, honestly, I, you couldn't ask for a further journey. I grew up in the rural South, a rural small town about an hour outside Jacksonville. So like almost like the closest movie theater, mall, bowling alley for us was like 40 miles away. And so like once or twice a year, mom would take us into the city, which is the west side of Jacksonville, and get school clothes. And uh, if we were lucky, you know, dad would come along and take us to Red Lobster. And that was like fine diamond. Those biscuits were great. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of so, I mean, you grew up, I grew up in a place where it was kind of like you either got really good at football or really good at hunting and fishing. And so I chose the football route and was fortunate to be, you know, blessed with the opportunity to play football at the University of Florida. And you know, we were number one in the country my freshman year for most of the year and got upset, finished number threes in the country. But that was kind of my life. And then I think like a lot of athletes, it's, you know, it's really hard to have balance when you try to excel at a high level. And I think it takes all of your focus. And so my whole life had been preparing for football. And then eventually, like every athlete, that time comes to an end. And you start to really start to ask yourself, like, what the hell do I want to do with my life? You know, and you know, I'm sure that Chris could probably, your husband could elaborate some more on this. Is that you go through the, that journey then of figuring out what do you want to do? So I worked, uh, I, I knew I didn't want to be broke anymore. So I worked as a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch, and that was a great opportunity. And then got laid off, you know, for all those right now that are hurting in the, you know, because of this pandemic we're in. I feel you, like 2008, 2009, the market crash, I got laid off and just moved to LA. And that was kind of like my wake up call. I don't know if I ever would have, like, I knew finance wasn't for me, but I don't know, honestly, like if I'd had a wife and kids, I probably never would have left, but I got laid off and I was like, all right, well, what the hell do I want to do in my life? Like, what do I enjoy? And I just moved to LA and had to figure out a way to pay rent. That was way more than I ever anticipated my entire life and took all my suits to Goodwill and started a personal training business in LA. And then that led to this journey of like I had, you know, the same time, like five surgeries from football. I couldn't lift weights like I used to start studying yoga with Vinny Marino at Yoga Works. Shout out to good old Vinny. And then was able to kind of merge my passion with athletics with yoga. And then eventually, you know, as you figured out as well, there's like no matter how good your hourly rate is a personal trainer, you have to figure out a way to scale. And I started making these online videos for my clients on the days they couldn't train with me and put them up on YouTube for free. And eventually that led to a paid subscription business. And now I'm doing this full time. So that's the, that's the 10 year journey in two minutes. I love it. Well, I'd love to go back to that transition um, when you were laid off and made mm -hmm. the trek out to Los Angeles and tried to figure out what you wanted to do with your life. Was there sort of that mental hump of going from this big football player in corporate America kind of business life to what others might perceive as Todd's a, lost his mind. Yeah. Like Todd <laughs> yeah. lost, Todd's lost his mind or, yeah. or maybe like this is a midlife crisis yeah, or for sure. um, like, how did your family, 
accept this new life? And what were they thinking? What were you thinking? I think my dad's exact words were, you're an effing idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his exact words. Yeah. Uh, you got to understand is like, you know, coming from such a small rural place on the outside, you know, I was doing really well, right? I was a kid who went off to college and got a good job. And I was now working with the wealthy folks in Jacksonville. And, you know, it was like on the outside, it was, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing at that time. And I can just remember there was a big golf tournament. It's called the TPC in Jacksonville and Ponte Vedra. And that's where I was working at Merrill Lynch. And I remember being there and look, I had a lot of great buddies in finance and they, they do it. They're amazing people. And I, but I remember being at that golf tournament, everyone's like drinking their scotch and, you know, laughing and having their good times and driving their Jaguars and doing all this stuff. And I just remember looking around just being like, it's not me. I was driving a pickup truck with dual exhaust pipes, pulling up to a Merrill Lynch parking lot. I was just like, this just isn't me. Uh, I didn't really honestly know what that was. Like I said, with football, that was my life. And I was just like, what do I enjoy? And I just moved to LA when the market crashed. And honestly, like if the market timing would have crashed a different time, I made it just went back to Jacksonville, went with another brokerage firm. Uh, But I just got to LA and started trying different things. And the lady that cut my hair uh, had asked me to help her get in shape as with all my other clients. I was like, I don't do that. I'm your, I'm a financial guy. They're like, we trust you with our money, but can you get us in shape? And I was like, I've got to figure out a way to pay the rent, you know? And that's kind of what it started as. And then Kayla, it was like, I remember being so broke that I went from like having a good job to all of a sudden now you realize that I could eat dinner at night for $2.29. Like if you went to Trader Joe's, you get two ahi steaks and some brown rice. And then leftovers, the next, the, the next ever piece of ahi steak would be lunch the next day with your brown rice. And I had never felt more alive. It was the first time I felt alive since football. Um, and I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to make a living. I have no idea how we're going to make this work as a personal trainer. But I felt really good. Like, I was like, I can be really good at this. And, you know, that's kind of where it started. What do you think was... What do you think was the reason for that? Why did you feel so good? I think I was in alignment with the gifts God's given me. I think that we all have gifts. Everyone from the CEO of a building to the person working, sweeping the floor. I think we all have God-given gifts. And I think that when we figure out what those gifts are and we align those with our passion and we figure out then a way to serve our fellow brothers and sisters that brings joy, meaning, and fulfillment. I think every one of us needs a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, and I find like, even on mornings, you may not wake up and feel the best. Like I know that I have a responsibility to make people's lives better through fitness and mindfulness. And that gets me out of bed in the morning. And it's been that way for over a decade now. It's your purpose. Yeah. I mean, I can remember being at Merrill Lynch, literally just having to listen to like Tony Robbins videos, to get my ass out of bed, right? Like, didn't, you know, money was good and stuff. I didn't have that motivation. And I think that comes from within. And often we get sidetracked by the money aspect that derails us. And look, I don't, you know, I was having this conversation with a guy in Nashville about two years ago, and he was like, had been following me online and stuff. And it was like, he was, you know, doing well for himself in the medical field, um, kind of like you were, had a couple of kids too. And was like, I'm, I so wish, you know, I did what you did. And I was like, bro, if I had two, a wife and two kids and a mortgage, I probably never would have had the guts to take that leap. 
to be honest with you. That's just how the cards worked out. I know that responsibilities, you know, of family and children can really hold people back from setting some time aside for their dreams and um, changing careers. Yep. So timing and what's happening in the world has a lot to do with people feeling gutsy to do something like that. I, I look at this pandemic and I see people starting side hustles and getting interested in reading and getting interested in the things that maybe they never had the time for. Can you, can you tell me how you create time? I mean, you've obviously built this awesome career and it's not, you know, run of the mill finance where you have a W2 and a 401k, you know, you're doing it for yourself, but can you tell me how you create structure in your life and what your days look like to, you know, to take this, I would call it a fun job or passion project seriously so that it can support you financially? Like what did Mm -hmm. it look like in those first few years and what does it look like today? Well, I'll I'll kind of segue in a little bit into this and to kind of tie also back into that person who's possibly listening that maybe not happy in their career, right? This is like, I first carved out a profitable private training business, right? So for all of those listening right now that are maybe in a job they don't like, but they're, they're making a good money, I always say, don't quit your nine to five. Like figure out what your passion is and do that on nights and weekends. And if the reality is, even with wife and kids, if you're not really to do that on nights and weekends, the entrepreneur life isn't for you. Doesn't make you a good person. Doesn't make you a bad person. The reality is, the shit ain't for you, right? <laughs> so I built first a successful private training business, and then took the profits from that, and then made videos online, right? And I think that how that worked out well. And I think I always share honestly. I've shared your story with several people now as well. It's like you had your business that was making money in the medical field. And then you started your nutrition, helping friends and family on the side, right? That side hustle, eventually, if you're able to bring in profits from your nine to five, you can organically grow that side hustle to the way you want. And for me, like I remember reaching out years ago, I was like, hey, I want to take fitness and mold it with spirituality. The two things I'm passionate about are fitness and my faith. And people were like, hey, do not combine those two. This is 26 (laughs) years. They're like, there's a reason why fitness and God is different. Church and state. Church and state, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, well, honestly, I don't really have a, any desire to create a workout with just burpees. Don't get me wrong. I love burpees, but I think people connecting to their spiritual practice each day is just as important. And I think because I had the financial like freedom to do this on my own, and it would give a damn if it took off or didn't, that I could organically grow this the way I wanted to. And looking back now, after producing content online now for probably six years, it's really what makes Team Act different is that there's a meditation and prayer at the end of each workout, allowing people not only to move their bodies, but connect to their spiritual practice. And so that's kind of my take for those who, again, looking to segue to maybe other careers. But to answer your question of what my day looks like now is my, my formula is always basic, simple. Like I try to keep things as simple as possible, no matter if I'm here in Santa Barbara where I live, if I'm visiting friends in LA or from in Nashville, visiting friends back home in Florida, I move my body and connect to my spiritual practice every single morning, non-negotiable, before I look at emails, before I look at social media, before I answer text messages, before I answer anything with work, I move my body and connect to my spiritual practice. That is my foundation. Like that's non-negotiable. If you just say, hey, I do this podcast at 6 a.m., I'd have been up at 4 a.m. doing that, right? Like that's non-negotiable for me. And that's how I start my day. And then it goes through the day, as you know, like I could go into like each day is like a marketing day or production day or that type of team day, that type of thing. I love it. I think a morning routine, you know, we've seen this 
theme across the internet. You've seen it with the the most successful CEOs and entrepreneurs, and um, it is structure. You've created structure in your day that changes the way you look at your day, and it also, I mean, it it changes your ability to even balance your blood sugar. So <laughs> I'm on board. I'll, um, I'll I'll let you dive more into the science of the blood sugar, but I'll say that one thing you know, like this pandemic and COVID and everything she taught us is that, look, I've seen a lot of really good people. Look, I've had my, like a single guy during COVID. I've had my struggles for sure. But honestly, Kel, like I'm so grateful for my morning practice of moving and connecting every day because I've seen some really good people lose their freaking mind this past year. And I'll ask them what their morning routine is like. And they wake up in their bed looking at social media. And you see all the political stuff and the unrest on that. And it's just, that is not a good way to start your day. So you have to control your inputs first thing in the morning. You can program your mind for positivity or you can program it for stress. It's your choice, but you need to be conscious that you are making that decision, whether you realize it or not. Let's talk about that. What are some ways to program your mind for positivity? I think you need to, there's something about moving your body first thing. Like that could be one of our 20 minute workouts. It could be a walk. I know me and your husband, Chris, we love to surf. We love to get in the ocean. You need to shock your system, do some sort of movement first thing, right? It doesn't have to be a hard workout. It could be a walk with a dog, right? And then taking a few moments to connect your spiritual practice. I think one of the things that we've left off in the fitness space is that, you know, we have a lot of workout junkie friends, right? And we're constantly chasing that endorphin rush every day. But there's also something, too, about connecting to something deep, deeper and more meaningful and that purpose every day, whatever your spiritual practice is like. And so that's why, for me, I think having some sort of I found that if you shock the system first with movement, it's easier to dive into the, the spiritual part. Right. So we all know we need to work out. We all know we need to meditate. But if you take those two things separately and I'm asking you, Kel, I need you to do an hour workout. I also need you to do 20 minutes of meditation. You have kids, you have a husband, you have a job. That shit's never going to happen. Not consistently. Maybe on some week retreat in Bali or some shit like that, right? But it's not going to be your everyday practical life. And so I think it's our job as teachers to give people practical tools that fit their everyday life. And so for me, it's like, there's, we like going back to the meditation part. We know we need to meditate, but if you just sit there and ask me to wake up in the morning and just float off in a tree and on a cloud and meditate, the shit's never going to happen. But if you get into the body, then you can easier, it's easier to dive into the meditation. And so that's just what I found. It's kind of like a kid with a tinter tantrum. You kind of have to shake, think the kid has to kind of shake shit up first. And then it's easier to dive into the meditation. No, it makes perfect sense. I think about how relaxed I feel, like looking back on growing up and like playing a big soccer tournament or being active in college and in, in my adult life, even. I think about it now, getting up and moving my body it spins off all the anxiety and the stress that you may have that will block you from that spirituality, that openness to feeling grateful, to connecting, to knowing that you can handle it. I think that's, that's the difference is that if you just get up and dive right into your phone and the emails and that it's, it's really overwhelming to think about like what you have to get done for the day, but it's, it's, it's almost as if like, if your body can do it, your mind can do it. No, the old saying that, you know, get out of your head, get in your body type thing, right? And look, I don't want to step on my fiddle a little bit, but if you look at even like antidepressants and what people are taking, right? Like you're looking at the increased serotonin levels, a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. We know that exercises increases, has neurotransmitters like serotonin that help you have that happiness feeling, that runner's high. 
you get to, you have the opportunity to create that shit every day if you want to. It's just a matter like it doesn't have to be an hour long workout. It can be 10 minutes. It can be 15 minutes. It can be 20. Do something to move your body. And then even the meditation just for a couple minutes a day adds up over time. Right. And so I know we talked about before we started recording one of my favorite authors, Arthur's James Clear, like Atomic Habits. I didn't realize that we were doing this at the time, but it was habit stacking. Right. So it was like, all right, you got a good workout routine then stack a couple minutes of meditation on the end of it. So if you're trying to incorporate meditation, just take like, if you like to run in the morning, go do your run and then finish that with a quick meditation, just that little habit stack. I think, I think James Clear nailed that in his book, Atomic Habits. Yeah. I mean, we see it in a coaching program where you make it easy, where you make it attainable. It isn't so overwhelming that you every day have to wake up and do a 90 minute workout and a 20 minute meditation. It's like, let's get good at something first. Let's build that foundational habit. And that's honestly why TMAC 20 is something that I've recommended to clients privately for so many years, something that I've used personally. It's it's redefining good because I think what we used to believe, you know, maybe pre-pandemic or pre-kids or pre-busy entrepreneurial life or what you're talking about, building a side hustle, trying to build a side hustle and still keep your workout routine, you need to redefine good. You may not have time for 90 minutes in a day and you need to stay consistent because that's what's going to change your mental, you know, like the way you look at your entire day. So can we talk about what the mind right practice is and what that few minutes of meditation and prayer looks like in practice? Yeah. So the one I would say that to add on to what you just said, and I'm sure you get asked, like, what's the best food to eat? I always get asked, like, what's the best workouts to do? It's the one you consistently do. <laughs> that's that's it, right? Like that's the best workout to do, the one you consistently do. Uh, what the mind right practice to me and how it's evolved. And so like years ago when you were in a video, we would finish with it. The older videos have like a quick meditation prayer, so to speak. And then eventually I created what I call like the mind right meditation that I do at the end of all my workouts and all the newer videos have them. And I'll break it down for like those points and why I think they're important. And so like the first part of the meditation is just a moment of gratitude, right? Got a chance to move your body. This morning I I was sitting out of the ocean. It starts to rain. You feel rain coming down on my body. How amazing it is. Like some people are like, Ooh, it's raining outside. Like I was so grateful to feel the rain on my body. Maybe you have a roof over your head. You have two healthy kids. Just starting your day in gratitude is such a powerful and amazing thing to do for that way to start. The second part is lifting up a loved one, right? Like you're pouring blessings upon someone. I always share that, you know, for a lot of times for me, my brother's a police officer. I'll see him come home from work. I'll see him in a uniform with his cop, his cop car, and his kids come rushing in, you know, on the porch and giving him a hug, pouring blessings over them. I think there's something about like we get in this me, me, me world, starting your day, understanding that it's bigger than just you. It's bigger than Todd. It's bigger than Kelly. Like we're connected to something bigger. And I think that's a critical part. And the third part is visualizing success. And this is what I learned from an athlete, from all elite performers is actually seeing what does success look like for you today, Kelly? Like have that moment now, maybe it's a big sales meeting. Maybe you're going on a TV show, like step into that moment. And have that experience, like see it happen and then feel it before and just have that moment and step into it. I think it's super powerful. Um, you know, I share a story. I was playing football at the University of Florida years ago. We were playing in South Carolina. And it was, uh, we were watching film the night before in the hotel room. And I was studying the film. And there was this one play like they like to run on third, third and short, so to speak. And Lou Holtz was the coach at the time. He was a legendary coach. And for whatever reason, look, I'm 19, 20 years old. 
We're playing, you know, South Carolina. There's 93,000 people in the stands. It's if college football back in the SEC was pretty big. Those, yeah, yeah. And so, the, I mean, you could literally the ground was shaking. Is how loud it was. Fourth and one, fourth quarter. If they get this first down, they punch it in. They may win the game. And for whatever reason, Kel, with all that chaos going on, everything went silent. Like I could see the blades of grass. I could see like the blood and like the fingertips of the tight end in front of me, the, the pupils of the fullback on the offense. And I knew what was happening before it happened. And so I ended up like jumping the gap, hitting the ball, hitting the running back in the backfield. And we win the game. The crowd goes wild. And my coach came up to me, you know, in meetings the next day. and was like, I have no idea how the hell you knew that was happening, but I totally took credit for it. <laughs> And I was like, I saw it happen before it happened. And I was, you know, it was 1920. I didn't know how to articulate it at the time. But that's the power of the visualization, right, of seeing that before it happens. And then finally, the last part, the fourth part of the meditation is just being present, being still. Listen to the rise and the fall of the breath, the sounds of the room. And there's a Bible verse called Psalms 4610. It says, be still and know that I am God. And if you just like just can meditate on just that present moment that you have that stillness that carries with you through the rest of the day. So imagine like Chris comes home from work today or you guys are seeing each other. You normally do. How are you? How are you today? Yada, yada. Imagine being so dialed in that you can see his body language. Chris could be saying one thing, but his body language is telling you something completely different. We've lost that ability to be present. And I think that's, that's pivotal in your personal relationships, your work environment, being in an office meeting, being able to read the room of what people are saying and what they're actually feeling. I think it can totally transform our personal and professional lives. And so I think just giving people those tools to start their day, it sets up the rest of the day. I love that so much because really true presence and listening to your partner, your friend, to you here on the podcast today. Like even you just saying that is bringing me to a totally different place of presence. And it's one of the best, best and most wonderful gifts we could ever give anyone. I think today's day and age, everyone's just in their phones, in their computer, thinking about their to-do list and what you're doing with these workouts that lead into so much more is you're changing people's ability to connect and not feel lonely to be present, to feel calm, really, truly like lowering anxiety levels. I love it because so many of us are way far in the future. Like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this podcast with Todd, but then I have this interview and then I have to feed the baby. And then I have, you know, it's like, I have the laundry list of things in my head that I have to do, but how much more fun is life that I'm sitting here going like, I miss Todd. I miss you. Like I, I love, I used to love seeing you at, you know, in the wellness world back when the world was normal and when we were both in the hustle and bustle of, of what was LA wellness. And it's just, you know, it's just really, it's so nice to see you. And I'm so thankful for what you're doing for people because I mean, our lives go by so fast. I think right now, like baby Toshin is almost four months old. How did that happen? I want to go back and start over. You just see it when you're present for your kids, their their tantrums are shorter, like everything. And, and hard to be present without practice. It's, it's really hard. I think we have this idea that some people are just like, they have it all set aside. I think you have to be intentional. Like, honestly, the gifts of presence, Kel, they may happen for literally a couple seconds a day for me. That's it. But those couple seconds, there's no way I could describe those on a podcast. 
It's that just pure bliss of being in that moment. And what a great gift to give to your partner. What a great gift to give to your kids. I mean, look, we were talking about doing the podcast yesterday, right? And you were up at 4.30 in the morning and you look at just, you know, being tired and being frustrated and maybe your kid is pulling a tantrum tantrum, right? Like, can you come back, step into your breath, step into that moment and choose, make a conscious choice that's in alignment with who you are, right? And I think that that's just, it's a it's an ancient old like lost art that I think we need to rediscover. Absolutely. I think even just people listening to this podcast today are going to change the way that they go into their day. And I want to support them to do that. So if you don't mind, I would love to go through one of your mind right um, meditations. I'd like you to take us all the way through it so that you know, people you know, listening. All right, we're going to do one. Can, all right. can experience what it feels like to be Perfect. In the presence of Todd at the end of a 20-minute workout. Okay. Well, I wasn't expecting. Let's do it. It'd be fine. Uh, for those of you driving, do not close your eyes right now in the car. But for everyone else, you can pause and come back to this. Just close your eyes. Just take a moment for let the room set in for a second. And we're just going to start with that moment of gratitude, right? You maybe have a roof over your head, uh, food to eat your health today, um, whatever it is, just make it personal. Just take a moment for that. Now I want you to shift your focus to lifting up a loved one. Maybe this is a family member, a friend that's going through a hard time. Just imagine a glowing light hovering over them as they go about their day. Just pour blessings upon them. See a smile come across their face. Now I want you to visualize success today. What does that look like? More importantly, what does that feel like? Have that moment now. Said so it could be a business meeting. It could be as simply as going for a walk with your kids. Just step into that moment right now. What does that feel like? See it happen before it happens. Finally, just be present, be still, listen to the rise and the fall of the breath, the sounds of the room, just be. Start to bring some awareness back to the body, softly open your eyes, God bless. Oh, that was juicy. That feels good, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing what comes up when you take a beat. The success thing is really interesting for me in this time in my life, just with yeah. young children, because I will share like what success looked like for me was putting my phone away this afternoon. And, and 
really being present with with Sebastian, you know, play. I just, just play. I feel like as an entrepreneur, so many times we're pulled in so many different directions and we're so connected to our phones. And, you know, I have emails coming in from editors yeah. or I have, you know, my team or uh, pulls to social media to share something so that I don't go down in the algorithm, like just frivolous, non-substantial, not, you know, not the foundation of like what I'm looking to build. And I get pulled to that world. Yeah. Um, and I hate the feeling of having one foot in one place and one foot in the other. It doesn't feel settled at all. And so success for me and like what I visualized success looking like was we were just in Mammoth, as you know, waking up at 4.30 AM, not a fun time, <laughs> but there's a playground there. And it was, the phone was in the car and it was, you know, me chasing Bash up the playground, riding down the slide. He was hysterically laughing. Like, so much giggling. And, you know, it's like, I wouldn't have gotten that with one foot in and one foot out with, yeah, I'm watching you, bud. Checking my phone. Like that's a different experience for both of us. And I felt so, my cup was so filled after that one playground session, maybe an hour, hour and a half. It wasn't, wasn't a whole day. You know, you think about an hour of your day is 4% of your day. Like, can you, can you spend that time finding that success? I I think what it, it's life-giving, you know, and I'm feeling pulled in both directions can really make you, make it hard to do that. And so that is even just now you set up my day for knowing like when four o'clock hits and this, this part of my day is over. Um, I may dip back in after bedtime, but to be fully present on the scooter or the skateboard in the cul-de-sac with Bash today is, is my goal. That's what success will look like for me. And I mean, yeah, that's, it's what you do. And that's such amazing to hear, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of people here right now and they see your online media presence and they see that. What success for Kelly is today is spending time with her kid and being present, right? And it's not on your phone with your kid. It's like you putting the phone away and being present with your kid. And it doesn't mean you don't work your ass off. You can be a badass mom, right? Like you don't have, we often get this idea that we have to be one or the other. You can make it work for you. You just need to be conscious. And I think, again, going back to that morning routine of being like really what you want success to look like for you and being intentional about carving out that space for that. That means you may have to get on and do a little bit of work after dinner or whatever that looks like. But at four o'clock, you're putting the phone away and it's Sebastian time. You know, I think and starting your day that way is such a beautiful way to do it. I love that so much. I think you're intentional with so many things. You've obviously intentionally built this amazing practice and you're influencing people's daily lives. But I've also seen you be really intentional about how you take care of yourself beyond that morning routine from cold plunges to spending time at the beach to the way that you take care of your body. Can we kind of talk about how the rest of your day goes in, not in regards to work, but but what you found to be really successful for you in cultivating your wellness lifestyle? Yeah. So again, I think the, the, I always say like on your morning, on your day, right? So we've talked about the morning. I think that sets, sets up everything else, right? Because if I do the morning routine, I'm more likely to eat healthier during the day. Um, I'm more likely to be more productive at work. Yeah, I can work less hours and be more productive, right? But things that I've found to be helpful, uh, for example, like after this podcast, you got the rest of your day of work, right? Like I'll go for a long walk with the dog after this and listen to other podcasts, right? So I'll move my body throughout the day and make sure that I'm getting up and moving. Like part of our programs, we have people get in at least 10,000 steps a day. 
right? And so moving throughout, keeping that body in motion and being intentional about that. I think just having that tangible goal of 10,000 steps is something where you got a Fitbit, an Apple Watch, whatever, like it's something you can kind of keep an, there's something about just that number of just keeping you conscious of that. And then in, like I say, obviously the nutrition part, right? Like that's a huge part of what I do. So I typically, I, I do what I like five days a week, I do a 16 hour fast. Um, and that's usually like either a black coffee or a bulletproof in the morning. And then I'll have my first meal around lunch. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. You could probably, probably use your advice. That first meal is usually some sort of veggie egg omelet type thing. Bunch of like broccolini, eggs, avocado, that type of stuff. Uh, then I'll have, some, you know, I'll take like some part during the day, probably around three. I'll have some carrots and hummus. And then dinner will be some sort of wild game organic meat with a That'd be like a quarter of my plate and the other three quarters of vegetables. And I'll have kind of hot tea with that in the evenings and cinnamon tea. And that's kind of like the nutrition part is really big to keep me fueled. And then the other two days, and again, shout out to probably be bad by Chris here. He'll appreciate it. Like Wednesdays and Sundays are always called like surf and scones day. Right. So like I, I if you were to say, hey, like we got a good 30 day, like a photo shoot in 30 days, probably cut out surf and scone days, right? But like for overall, like maintaining this, like I'm 38 now and I feel like I'm in decent shape, um, building in those days, right? So like Wednesdays and Sundays, I'm in the water, like regardless, like this morning, it was rainy, it was nasty. My partner, didn't, my friend didn't want to go surfing. So, but I still went out to the ocean in the rain and jumped in the water, did my meditation as the rain's coming on me and had an amazing scone. There's this place here on our bar in Santa Barbara. It's got amazing scones. Um, before our podcast, I look forward to that scone once a week. And then the other day, like, like I said, that's Wednesdays and Sundays. And so some, one of those days may be like a chia seed pudding. The other days a scone, so to speak. But I, I build in those days. And I think that that kind of helps. Yeah. And then in the evening, the last, I would say the last 30 to 45 minutes, I really try to make a conscious effort in no screen time. Honestly, I could probably improve. I'm much better in my mornings and my evenings, but I try to do some sort of like, I'll watch some sort of TV program, some sort of mindless TV or possibly like a YouTube podcast thing uh, while I'm eating dinner. Uh, and then after I'm finished dinner, that's it. And I put that away and then I do some sort of mobility, cool down or read a book the last 30 minutes before bed. And honestly, sleep. have you had Matthew Walker on your podcast? Not yet. But he's on my oh, list. God, he's amazing. Like his podcast a couple of years ago, Kel, like hit me in my tracks. Like the for those who listen, Matthew Walker wrote an incredible book on the importance of sleep. And I was doing, you know, I've been in the fitness space for eight to 10 years at this point. Like I was doing all the workout. I was doing the mindful. I was doing the nutrition part. And in that entrepreneur life, I was probably getting like five and a half, six hours of sleep. Oh, yeah. And you heard his, I heard his podcast. I was like, holy shit. I am not practicing wellness. And so then that's one thing that I've been trying to focus on is making sure I'm getting a minimum of seven hours of sleep. Um, and I think that that like a good night's sleep is so good for the body and mind. So powerful. And you're, I mean, you're speaking to a mother of a four month old and a toddler, so it's difficult, but I will say that is one of the most powerful things that when working with clients, if we don't have our sleep dialed or if we're not working to get our sleep dialed, it can really impact goals. It can really impact mood. It can really impact inflammation levels, everything. And I can tell you, you're, you know, you were a football player. I had some 
young, I guess you would call them recruits, getting ready for the combine. Mm-hmm. Some um, guys who were going to be recruited into the NFL. And we had, they were in camp getting ready for the combine. Yeah. And I was in charge of their nutrition. Um, and there, there was a mandatory nap, post-lunch nap, that was a reset before they were out learning plays because what they had done all morning was endurance, strength, lunch, post-lunch, they were going to learn plays and get strategic and their body needed that. And their brain needed that full reset. You know, it was research coming out of Stanford showing that this was going to be way more productive in their ability to retain the information that they learn in the afternoons and sleep was like mandatory. So they had a napping room where, you know, their post-meal post-workout napping room. And it was just, it was so powerful to see how it impacted their afternoons. Because without that, the couple of guys who had a hard time in the beginning, because napping is hard. Like I, I was never the girl. I remember in college when people were in the dorms at USC and they'd be like, I'm going to just go back and take a nap. And I'm like, a nap? Like, I'm going to go talk to friends and say, hang out. Like I look back at like, that is such a powerful tool. And they weren't, you know, it wasn't that they needed to be doing it for an hour. It was 20, 20 to 30 minutes, like shut it down. It's amazing. We're going to talk more about that after the podcast, because this is part, I, I meant to weave this into what I was saying. So for those of you listening, I had this like really plush rug behind, behind me right now. I can like, see it. See? It looks beautiful. So I got this plush big ugly ass rug for two reasons. One for mobility and even, and two, I found out years ago after every day, after my first meal at lunchtime, I take a 10 minute nap and I lay on that rug. I needed something firm enough that like, I wouldn't go into a deep sleep, but I put a pillow down and I lay down every time after my first meal every day for 10 minutes. And I am so recharged to tackle the rest of the day. And I was going to mention that, like what that wellness routine looks for me, like throughout the day, that's part of my everyday routine. Like, so if I'm even like traveling and visiting, my friends know that like, Hey, Todd's doing his little 10 minute Shavasana thing. Like I don't even fall into a deep sleep, but it's just like, I lay there for 10 minutes. So I would love to see the research on that because I've just kind of found it as a life hack, but I don't know the science behind it. Oh, it's, it's really, it's really, really powerful. Um, I'll pull it up and throw it in today's show notes so that people can Please. have it. But but I love it. What I what I see actually physically through the computer screen, through the Zoom is this plush rug. But what you've also done, what you're just letting people know that you can do is setting up your life, your physical space for wellness and health, which is interesting because behind Todd, I mean, he's at a desk with a microphone and his headphones on, but behind him is just literally an open room with a rug. There's no furniture, no offense, bud. But no, I'm the less is more guy. I definitely, this whole room is just for that purpose. I love it. Creating the space, creating the space. And it doesn't have to be that traditional living room, family room, dining room. Our living room right now is my, is my little mini gym yoga area as well. I have mats down. I have foam rollers. I have uh, my Peloton in there. Like it is, it's just a space. Right. But you have your Peloton, you have your mat, you have your rollers, like you have that set up, right? I think it's so important particularly for those trying to start a new routine is literally just take your yoga mat wherever you would do it and just put it out the day before. Go ahead and lay it out. Like just a great actionable step you can take after this podcast. If you're looking to, you want to work out tomorrow, you get your, you're all jazzed up, you're pumped up from this podcast. If you like to run, put your sneakers out by your bed the night before. 
just put something to prime your environment is a great way to get started. And for me, that this rug behind me, it's here for a reason. And when I step, I, I don't wear shoes unless I literally have to wear shoes, but I walk on that rug and I feel it. Everywhere else is like, I intentionally, like I love wood. So like everywhere else in my house is wood. So I'm always barefoot on wood. And when I hit that rug, it kind of prompts me, all right, this is where you do mobility. This is where you take your 10 minute Shavasana. I love it. I love it. What you've done is you've created the space for, for movement. You've created the space for meditation and you set up your day in a way that becomes automatic and habit stacking to create synergies to, to see that success. But you've also carved out a place for a choice. I don't call it a cheat. I really like to call it a choice because there, there is, if you are running and gunning and trying to be perfect with your wellness routine and not creating space for a surf and a scone or Sunday donuts with be bad by Chris, or, you know, something that is intentional. It's you're, you're less likely to burn out. You're less likely to feel like it is a cheat and then allow that cheat to create a bunch of decisions that you might not be proud of, feel guilty about, feel shameful about. Instead, you're like, hey, there's a space for this. Wednesdays and Sundays. Wednesdays and Sundays, surf the scone days. I love it. Well, I want to encourage all our audience, listeners and everyone hanging out uh, wherever you are to come back to this podcast, go through that meditation. I'll make sure that the time start is in the show notes. Um, Check out TMAC20. Build uh, build the life that you want by creating a space for what you want to change. So Todd, man, it's just so good to see your face. Thank you so much for being here and inspiring everyone. Where can people follow along? Where can they get the TMAC20 program? Um, and where can they follow you on Instagram? Yeah, so on Instagram, you can just go to at TMAC Fitness, which is TMAC Fitness. In the bio there, there's a link to get 10 free days of our 20-minute workouts. And there's also a link for just the free meditation. Like, for example, if you have your like a morning run you like to do, or, you know, it's interesting, Kel, we've got CrossFit gyms in Alabama doing their wads and then doing the med- mind right meditation after their wads. I so love you can it. find the meditation there. You can go to the website, TMAC Fitness, which again is TMAC Fitness. Again, you can get the 10 free days of workouts. You don't enter a credit card or anything like that. It's just a great way, I think, to try to add value to your life. You get a feel for what we do. And if it makes sense, awesome. Next time you guys or you and Chris are up in Santa Barbara, let me know. We'll keep you posted. All right, sweetie. Thank you for the time. And everyone have a great day. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers. 